Amen. You may be seated. As I was talking about earlier today, we, the subject of the month is worship, and God has called us to worship Him 24-7, and, and that's our goal is to get into the, the point that we can worship Him no matter what we're going through 24-7. Uh, worship is total surrender to God, and then true worship is confined to God, and the best time for worship is all the time. All the time, worship Him. He is due our worship. We talked about, we lit the second candle of obedience. And we need to be obedient to worship Him through salvation or uh, through our faith walk, etc. But again, I'm reminding you of what I believe the Holy Spirit told us last week that obedience to God will be your salvation. So when it hurts the most, still all the voices, continue to walk in obedience, find word and scripture and other brothers and sisters in Christ and wait for the victory because it's coming. Be obedient. And then the Lord had put it on my heart. Actually, discernment was the fourth week, but... The Lord told me to make this flow. We need to talk about discernment this week. Because God hadn't left us out there hanging. God has given us all the ability to discern. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about point one, that Mary was a woman of discernment. Two, discernment guards the purity of the gospel. That's why discernment is so important is to protect the gospel, and we'll get into that. The gospel's everything. Your salvation through complete. And then God has provided us with the ability to discern, and we need to recognize that today. And the last point is, it's time for the church to go into discernment mode. And I'm calling it beast mode. Uh, that's probably not a good word, but meaning we hear that in the world, we're going to get after it. And we need to get after discerning and hearing what God is speaking to us as individuals and being obedient to it in worship. And worship is doing what he's called us out to do. We're going to read today from Luke 1, 26 through 38. 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Verse 27, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. And I was just thinking that, that, man, how we need discernment in our life today. Think about that. This angel came to Mary, and, and a young lady, that would freak us out to begin with. Man, we need discernment. And then she needed to discern, first off, who is this? So we see that she discerns it's good. It's God. 
But then she had to discern what's God telling me? What do I need to, what do I need to respond to do? And so we see discernment at work here in her life. And I'm seeing in my own life, God, I need your discernment. How many of us need the discernment of the Holy Spirit in our lives in a situation today? Just raise your hand up. Man, I, I need discernment. And God gives us the ability to discern. And that's what this story is telling. It's not a story, it's truth. That's what this truth is telling us. Verse 30, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He'll be great, and we've called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. I didn't get that today. Last week we talked about he was fully God and he was fully man. You're seeing that he's from God of the throne of David. That was Mary's side, God's side. Just something to think about. Verse 33, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Again, discerning, discerning, discerning. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And again, we see the discernment. Again, discerning, is this good or is evil? Well, it's good, okay. Discerning what God's trying to tell me to do. And then being obedient, said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And that's the lesson of the Lord. If we don't get anything today, guys, God has given us ability to discern. We need to press into him and, and he's going to minister to us. But a lot of times uh, in this story, Mary was a woman of discernment. And again, discernment is the ability to discern good from evil. And so I want to set the stage on this. A lot of times we don't really realize we think we've got to be a scholar to be able to discern. We, we think that we've got to go to this class or do this or do that. When I want to put this in perspective today. Scholars believe Mary was between 12 and 16 years old. Who's 12 years old in here? Anybody? If you're 12 years old, stand up. There's a 12-year-old right there. Think about it. Stand up. Keep up. Stand up. Stay up. I don't know about them chief jerseys, but go ahead and stay up. <laughs> so 12 to 16. So how many of you in this room are 12 to 16? Stand up. We've got, so we've got another one over here. It's 12. 12 to 16. Stand up. You have the ability to discern. Dylan, you're 16. I figured you was around 12. So, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You can sit down. But, but I'm going to have a, an 18-year-old come up. And if you want to come up at this time, Abigail Diggs is going to help me. And we're going to kind of talk through this scripture. Last week, you guys seemed to enjoy what I, the abuse I gave Landon and Taylor. So I'm going to abuse her today. But... But Abigail is 
I asked her yesterday, I said, you're still 16? And she goes, no, I'm 18. <laughs> uh, man, they grow up fast. But, but anyway, Abigail has became my favorite digs, by the way. Uh, where's Benaiah? I was going to wink at him. But, he's upstairs. Oh, he's upstairs. Okay, he's working in the children's church. I got to be nice. So, again, she's 18, but you're going to pretend you're 16, okay? And just think if God would have came to you and think, you know, Banjo, I, I see your daughter 12. Just think of the Lord coming to her at that age, what must have been going through her mind. So, let me just kind of question you a little bit. You're how old now? 16. Ah, see, we're pretending because she's really 18. Do you have a boyfriend? Uh, no, I am betrothed. Oh, fancy word. So you're <laughs> above the boy thing. So, girls, that's a lesson from us. Date who your dad tells you to date and nobody else, okay? No, I'm just... Amen, got that from the dads. So, you're betrothed. Engaged at 16. So what does your father think about this? Uh, he arranged the marriage and he got a pretty good bride's price. Oh, I bet he did. He got a pretty <laughs> good price there, I tell you. Wow. So uh, your husband-to-be, who is that? Uh, Joseph of Nazareth. Okay. And, oh, she does need a mic. Thank you, Karen. I, I, I thought that... that my big mouth would cover it, but nobody said anything. So now I got to put a mic in your mouth. That'll make it even better. We'll start over. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Who's your husband to be then? Uh, Joseph of Nazareth. Yeah, we already did that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know about him, but I've read about him. And, and anyway. I don't know what to think yet. I'm still trying to discern that. But, but I heard you had a visit from Gabriel. Is that true? The angel? God? Yes. Uh, he said that I found favor with God, and I am to be with a son who I am to call Jesus. Wow. You're pretty confident in all this. It really blows my mind that, that you see an angel, and, and you're that confident. And uh, what will this son do? It, 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 you said you called him Jesus, is that right? What's he going to do for me? Uh, he's going to save all of the world from their sins. Now, how old are you again? 16. And I'm believing that this angel came to you, and you're 16, betrothed to a guy named Joseph that I've only heard about, and you're going to have a baby that's a son of God that's not his, and all this good stuff, and you're confident in all this. You're good with this? Uh, yes, uh, let it be according to God's word. Hmm, you're getting spiritual on me now. <laughs> Man, did you see how she played that spiritual card? When the enemy's attacking her, when the enemy's putting doubt in her mind, she said, oh, let it be as the Lord has said, according to his word. And, and that's discernment. So it sounds like you're good with all this and you're going to do as the Lord has told you about this. So, uh, Again, Joseph's good with all this, that this is God's son and not his, and he's going to stay with you and all that good stuff? Yes, he is excited. He's excited. <laughs> Sounds to me like he's a little crazy, you know, because I'm looking over here at Dylan at 16, you know. But, <laughs> but anyway, so what's your dad and mom think about all this stuff? 
Uh, they're also excited, and Dad says that we're moving on up. <laughs> oh, you're moving on up, huh? That's a good one. So, awesome. So, what does your friends think about this? Uh, what, you got a cousin, Liz, what does she think about all this? Uh, well, Gabriel actually confirmed that my cousin Elizabeth is to be pregnant, and uh, I'm going to go visit her for a few weeks, so I need to be on my way. So, you're going to leave me now? I have to. Well, just <laughs> give her a hand today. Thank you, guys. But something that really struck me in all this is that, again, she had to discern. And then she had to, first off, discern whether it's God or not. And then what God was trying to say. Then she had to be obedient in that. And she was confident in that. But did you guys catch that God always confirms what he tells you? God confirmed with Elizabeth. Her cousin that was an older lady that had been praying for a child and she was already six months pregnant. So God will confirm what we discern in his word. That rhymes. God will confirm what he discerns in, our, in his word to us. So we need to be that bold in that. We need to realize that God has given us the ability to discern. He has given us the wisdom. As James 1.5 says, that, that we have all the wisdom that we need. Just ask and it'll be given to you. And then obedient to that wisdom, and then look for confirmation in God's word. Point two today is discernment guards the purity of the gospel. And, and, and that's something that we really need to get a hold of. And when I say that, we think we got to defend the Bible and all that stuff, and we do. But the believer, we are the gospel. We are the result of the gospel God has came into our life and he has freed us from moral fault or guilt. Our duty now is to guard and protect and defend the gospel that's in us. In other words, what he spoke into us, what he spoke into Mary, that's defending the gospel. And we need to spread that message concerning Christ, his salvation and his kingdom to the world. But to me, guarding the gospel starts with us as individuals. 1 Timothy 6.20, when Paul was speaking to Timothy, again, a young man in the things of God, he said, oh, Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you, your salvation, the ministry, the calling that he put on your life. Guard that gospel that has been deposited in and entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. And that's what happens with believers so much is we get around and listen to the babble and the nonsense of the world and the falseness of the world, and we begin to buy into that. And it breaks down the gospel, breaks down the things that God has called us to do. And we need to press into him. And those things that we have discerned in him we need to be obedient to. As verse 21 says, for by professing it, some have swerved from the faith, grace be with you. So when you're professing the negative, you're going to sway from the, the, the truth. But when you're professing what God's called you to do, you're going to press on. Guarding the gospel, striving for holiness. And Dylan read Romans 12 too today. 
Our spiritual act of worship and guarding the gospel is striving for holiness. We're going to put sin to bed, if you will, meaning we're going to stop sin, all sin in our life. Colossians 3, 5 tells us we're going to discern and, and think on the things of God when life seems overwhelming. Philippians 4 tells us to think on these things, what is true, what is honorable, what is just, what is pure, what is lovely, whatever is commendable. That's what we need to guard. That's what we need to hang on to. And then we need to love people as Christ loved people, meaning an un- agape love, meaning unconditional, meaning we love people no matter what they've done to us. Because love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy or boast. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It does not insist on its own ways. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. We need to guard these things in our lives. And as we are guarding these things in our lives, we're guarding the gospel in our particular circles, if you will. And we're going to see lives changed. But point three, this one here is the one that's really been burning on me. But, but God has provided us with the ability to discern. You know, Solomon's only request in 1 Kings 3, 9 was give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil for who is able to govern this, this your great people. And this pleased the Lord and Solomon had asked this. Now think about that. It's back to what we were talking about early, earlier that we're discerning what is good and acceptable in our own lives and, and, and governing our own lives and the things of God. And asking God for that understanding, asking God for that discernment in our own lives is what will please him. And this should be our request every day. The Holy Spirit gives us all discernment. 2 Timothy 1.14 says, By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. So the Holy Spirit has been placed in your life. I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so he dwells in you. You guard that, deposit entrusted to you, and you go to him. And you seek God and he will speak to your spirit. God woke me this morning with 1 Corinthians 2.10 and through 16. Man, it was burning on my heart. And he spoke and confirmed this message. So again, I'm discerning what does God want to speak to this body this week. I put it into play thinking I I know what God wants. I think I flushed the good and the bad out, or good in, bad out, and and I'm pressing in. Well, God confirmed his word with me this morning. And he said the Christians have the ability to discern God's will, direction between good and evil, We just need to get in the flow of the Spirit. Get in the flow of Him, seeking Him where He's at. And it's just like walking into a river. Walk into that river and go from ankle deep to neck deep to over your head in the Spirit and just let Him flush you and give you the discernment that you need for your situation. 
So 1 Corinthians 2.10. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. You get it? God's revealed them through the Spirit. That Spirit resides in the believer. For the Spirit searches everything. Everything. Nothing you're going through that the Spirit hadn't searched out. Even the depths of God. So the Spirit knows God and everything. The Holy Spirit. For who knows the person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit is from God that we might understand. So we accept Jesus, our spirits are in interaction with God's Spirit, that Holy Spirit's working, and we can have understanding in any situation. Specifically, the things freely given to us by God. Verse 13, and we impart, in other words, make known this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. Interpreting spiritual truth to those who are spiritual. Verse 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Well, you can spiritually discern them to them. You can tell them, we'll get into that a little bit later, but the Spirit, verse 15, the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. Verse 16, for who understands the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So we have everything we need to discern from God. We believe the Bible, the word of God was discerned, do we not? We believe, or inspired, do we not believe that this Bible was inspired by the Holy Spirit? We all agree with that? Do you guys realize that people discerned, the prophets discerned by the Holy Spirit what to put into this Bible? Do you guys get that today? Like the prophets of old, Christ's Spirit resides in us, and we have the ability, we have the ability to discern from God just the same way as these prophets that wrote the Word of God. And the reason I use this example because everything you need to know for Christian living is in here, and the Holy Spirit revealed this to prophets. They discerned it and wrote it down, and we go by this book today. So why can't God do the same for us? Now, before I move on, because of this ugly doctrine that's going around, is we do not have the ability to add to the Bible, Revelations 22, 18, and 19 says, but we have the power and the authority of the Bible, the words of God, to impart what is spiritual in saying biblical things to others. So when this natural man or woman doesn't understand the things of God, when we pray and seek the Lord by his Holy Spirit, he can give us wisdom, he can inspire us, and we can discern exactly what to say to the situation. You guys get this today? Do we understand this today? 
Thank you. Who was that? I want you to come up on the stage with me. Because I don't think I get it sometimes. Oh, you're going to go ahead and come up here. Well, that's awesome. (laughs) Give him a hand. He's bold. Hey, tell everybody your name. Hunter. Do you believe what I'm saying today? Yeah. Thank you. You can be seated, bud. You're awesome. Give Hunter. That's awesome. We need to be that bold in the things of God. We need to be that bold. God give me discernment to find my parents. <laughs> but we need to be that bold in the things of God. If you guys remember last week that, that I told you that, man, I feel like I come in as a pastor and we're in the middle of a battle zone and, 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 and it reminds me of a war and I'm in a triage and there's people bleeding out everywhere and it, and it wears on me and I don't know what to say. And, and the Lord really convicted me of that statement last week because he said, it's not up to you to worry about that. You just speak what I tell you to speak. And I got to looking at this. The Apostle Paul here was saying in this scripture that he relied on the Spirit to convict, convict people of all sin, righteousness, and judgment. He relied on the power and the Spirit to transform lives. He relied on the Spirit and its power to bring holiness into the believer's life. And he believed in the power of God to manifest signs and wonders. He just spoke what the Lord told him to speak. And so maybe you're like me today. You need to quit carrying everything and let it go and just speak and trust him. And then instead of what we should be doing is speaking what he says, trusting him. In other words, discerning it, speaking it, being obedient, and then begin to trust in him that one, people will be saved. We need to be praying this that new believers will be filled with the Holy Spirit, that people will be set free of demon possession, that the sick will be healed, and disciples would lean and learn to obey Jesus Christ. So again, we kind of kidded Abigail a little bit. You're confident in this. She wasn't wearing it. She wasn't wearing the burden of being Mary, the mother of God. How, what will people think? What will I do? I can't do this. Oh, I've got to be this to everybody. I've got to be that. She was just confident in who she was. And she entrusted God to do the rest. All she did was seek him and pray and pray for others. I want to challenge you as a church to agree with me by raise of hands, will you pray that people are saved through this body, through this worship service, through 
events that Oakton's do through you as individuals. Will you believe that people will be saved? How many of you are needing prayer for somebody to be saved in your life? Will you agree with these people? Look at the hands across the room. Let's have a prayer of agreement with them that their brothers and sisters in Christ will be saved. That they will be filled with the Holy Spirit. That demons will be driven out of their lives. That the sickness will be gone and they'll be healed. And they'll be disciples that obey Christ's righteousness and teaching. Will you pray these things with me every week? Every day pray and agree with me for these things. Will you do that today? Can you raise my hand and show me you'll do that? That you'll agree in prayer? But discernment and understanding, going back to that, before we can hear, we got to put ourselves in the place to receive. To walk in that stream of studying and dissecting the word in prayer, and then spending valuable time with God and other Christian believers. Man, we, we need to be in Bible studies. Man, you can't get it here on Sunday morning, all you need. The dissecting that I'm talking about is a home life of Bible study and prayer and seeking God and a lifestyle of that, but also a lifestyle where you got a group that you meet with, that you're partnered with, that will stand with you. But when we do that, we will have the mind of Christ. Meaning, the mind of Christ is seeing the things, or seeing things the way God sees them. Because that's all I want. I just want to see things the way God sees them. Valuing the things that the way God values them. Man, we don't value life like God does. We need to value life like God does. Loving the way he loves. Hating what he hates. Oh, God hates things? Yeah, he hates sin. He don't hate the sinner, but he hates sin. But understanding the holiness of God and the awareness of sin, that's the mind of Christ. And that's what we strive for. And the Spirit will reveal to us that, Father, help us to discern by pressing into you. Do you guys realize that I started in verse 10 of Corinthians, but 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Man, you want to get satisfied? Then dive into the word. If you want to get a touch of God, then dive into prayer. Man, that's where the fun is. And then in closing today, I believe in a supernatural uh, a gift of discernment that you read about in 1 Corinthians twelve ten, the discerning between the spirits. 
This gift is a special spirit given ability to properly discern evil spirits and to distinguish whether or not an utterance is from the Holy Spirit. Uh, toward the end of the age, false teachers are going to be coming around and deceiving many people, and that's going to increase and increase, and this gift will be extremely important. And the reason I say that today is I think that we need to, I think we can operate in every gift, but we even need to seek the gift of discernment because we're going to need it more than, more than a lot of things. Because many is going to be coming in Christ's name saying they're the Christ and he's going to lead many, many away. So we need to again go into discernment mode. Point four. It's time for the church to, to go in discernment mode because this world is in a crisis. The key to discernment is faith. Nothing will be impossible with God. That's what Mary said. Nothing or the the angel said to Mary, nothing will be impossible with God. We need to think that way. But I'm going to throw this little thing in here to make us think a little bit because I need to press in more. We all need to press in more. But Barna Study did a research. And this one here is what really hit me. And, and it, 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 it's sad. But they did a, a, a research among Christian People calling themselves, considering themselves born-again believers. And they said only 9% of them believed in every one of these truths. One, that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. Two, God is the all-powerful and all-knowing creator of the universe, and he still rules it today. Three, salvation is a gift from God and cannot be earned. Four, Satan is real. Five, Christians have a responsibility to share their faith in Christ with other people. And six, the Bible is accurate in all of its teachings. Nine percent of born-again believers agreed with that in their study. And I look across this crowd, do you guys believe in what I just read? I hope so. But if you don't, you need to be digging in and, and seeking discernment because false teachers are in breaking these things down. But what concerns me the most is, is again, these are the fundamental truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we don't believe them, I don't know how we can be saved. Because the word says, what, if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and saved. If you don't believe in these basic principles that Christ lived a sinless life, how can you be saved? And I, I got to quit harping on this because I love my country. Oh, I love my country so much. But I was at my sister-in-law's funeral, dad's funeral yesterday. And the pastor was doing an awesome job. But the people did not come to attention until the honor guard come in there. And a respect filled the room. Hands on chest. People stood up saluting. They honored and respected 
that he was a veteran. They honored and respected the flag. And I thought to myself, where was that honor and respect for God? And I'm not dishing the people in there yesterday. But man, we know how to be respectful to the flag. We know how to honor this country. And I'll die for America, and I will. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but, but when are we going to get to the point that God is more important than that? That we have more of a respect for God than anything that when the Holy Spirit comes in the room, our spirit comes to attention and says, I'm a listening, Lord. And there's an awe that goes over the room because of the presence of God is in there. And I thought to myself, if we would submit to God like we, we are this country, we'd have moves of God going on everywhere. Guys, discernment's a discipline. And it must be sharpened with long years of practice. Hebrews 5 talks about it. And, and guys, this is important. I want to finish this. So bear with me a little longer because Hebrews 5 talks about it. But it says, solid food is for the mature. Me back up here, 511. About this, we have much to say. I'm going to go back to 1 Corinthians 9, 27. But I discipline my body and keep it under the control, lest after preaching to others, I myself may not be disqualified. This is Paul. So he was talking about how he needed to be disciplined. So the apostle Paul was saying, I discipline my body and keep it under control. And then in Hebrews 5, 11, it says, about this, we have much to say. And it's hard to explain since you have been, become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he's a child. Verse 14, but solid food is for the mature. For those who have their, the, their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. We need to sharpen our discernment, our discipline. We, we need to, to press into God now more than ever. More than ever. And we're going to experience God We must be disciplined to discern. We must be disciplined to making sure that we are sharp in the things of God. As even Paul said, that I myself should not be disqualified from all the other stuff he was hearing. And I got other points, but I'm going to close it with that. Praise team, come forward. The point I skip is with division or with discernment comes division, meaning people aren't going to like the stand you make. And you guys can go home and read Matthew chapter 10, 34 through 37. But when you step out and walk in discernment, 
there's going to be people that don't like it. And you need to just say, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to press in and do and be an obedient person to what God's called me to do. Mary, 12 to 16 years old. Girls that are 12, stand up again. 12 years old, stand up again. Just think if Mary was 12. She was a rock-solid girl, wasn't she? You give it to her, you can give it to us. You just got to be open to it. You can be seated, ladies and gentlemen. Mary was a woman of discernment. Is Kit a a man of discernment? Are you a man of a woman of, of discernment? Guys, seek the Lord in your life because I guarantee you, all the hands went across the room of somebody you wanted to lead to Christ. Well, ask God for wisdom. And James 1.5 says he's going to give you that wisdom. But how many of you got a situation in your life that you need God to intervene in? Raise your hand up. I got something I need God to move out in. Same way there. Man, press into him. Press into him. Because he will give you discernment even for that. For anything that you're going through, you, you go in and you ask for wisdom and, and he'll give you the discernment. And then you need to do what Mary said, let it be to me according to your word. Because some things he tells you, you may not want to do. And then God will confirm what he gives you. And that's the other thing that should make you excited that God will confirm things in your life to know that, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. But you got to step out into it. And you got to say, God, I need to hear from you. Your spirit resides into me and speak to me, Lord, and I'm listening. So today, whatever you need from the Lord, whether it be salvation, just praying for somebody, maybe praying for healing, Maybe you just got a situation. I don't, I don't need to call them out. You know what you're going through. These altars are open today for you to seek the Lord as long as you want. But guys, make it a practice until he tells you to quit talking to him about it or he gives you an answer. Seek him. Seek him. Be obedient. When it feels at time that it's hard to be obedient, I can tell you story after story. Just even today, I've stepped out in faith. And, God, I don't want to say that or do that. Confirm it with me. And he does. And then I say it. And, and man, it's neat to see the power of God move. You want to see the power of God move in your life? Then step out in faith and do what he called you to do. Be obedient. Stand to your feet today. Father, you've heard or presented the word. Father, I ask that anything of me will be gone. Everything of you will well up in us and minister into us. Father, our spirits are are talking with you, Lord. Father, we ask that you've seen all the hands go across the room. You've heard all the cries today. You've heard all the prayers today. Lord, our ears are open to discern. And Father, we ask your wisdom in all things. Thank you, Lord.